0: Pink Flamingo's Haunted UK podcast is recorded and presented in stereo. Listening to it through an environment such as headphones is highly recommended. Pink Flamingo's Haunted UK podcast is proudly sponsored by CDS Print and Design. For printed t-shirts, hoodies, canvases, coasters, placemats, stickers, banners, signage and much much more, contact Colin or Debbie at CDS Print and Design through Facebook. Instagram or email at cdsprintanddesign at gmail.com. With high quality products at competitive prices, what have you got to lose? We're currently asking you, the listeners, for your ghost stories and paranormal experiences for a set of listener episodes. Wherever you live in the world, if you've had an experience, then please email the show with full details of your story, To haunted UK podcast at hotmail.com. My camera just would not take a picture of the orbs and lighting I actually saw. Yet when I developed my film, there were just those same orbs, but in different places and rooms. Literally all over the place, part of a witness statement given to Chillingham Castle's website. Welcome to Pink Flamingo's Haunted UK Podcast. This is episode 9 of Pink Flamingo's Haunted UK Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to explore the ghostly goings-on at Chillingham Castle. Described by many witnesses, as well as the current owners, as the most haunted castle in the United Kingdom, Chillingham Castle has a formidable reputation as a site where a huge amount of paranormal events have occurred. Many television shows have been filmed there, including Most Haunted, Scariest Places on Earth and Ghost Hunters International, with all of these programs displaying highly impressive results. But before we delve into the stories that give this castle its frightening reputation, let's find out a little bit about its history. Originally a monastery in the 12th century, Chillingham Castle has undergone many transformations. It was also strategically placed, occupying a position almost on the border between England and Scotland. English armies would use this castle as a base when they were about to invade Scotland, but it also took its fair share of invasions from the Scottish as well, as they would take every opportunity made available to them to gain revenge. In 1298, King Edward I stayed at the castle on his way to engage the Scottish army in battle. This particular army was led by none other than William Wallace, who was made famous by Mel Gibson in his movie Braveheart. In 1344, the castle underwent a significant amount of changes when King Edward III allowed battlements to be installed, turning this stronghold into a fortified building many other famous individuals from the past have graced the castle with their presence. In 1603, Anne of Denmark and her children stayed at Chillingham whilst they were on their way to London. In 1617, it was the turn of James I. Under his reign, he succeeded in unifying the two kingdoms of England and Scotland. As a peace became the norm between the two countries, calls for fortified castles quickly became a thing of the past the fortifications were soon converted into living quarters, as well as a banqueting hall and a library being added, the decision was also taken to fill in the moat. Moving on to the 18th and 19th centuries, the grounds were extensively re-landscaped, and in 1872, the Prince and Princess of Wales stayed at Chillingham Castle en route to Scotland. As with many of these amazing buildings, the First and Second World Wars didn't treat Chillingham very well. It was used as an army barracks, and soldiers who were stationed there during World War II decided to strip out most of the decorative wood panelling and use it as firewood. Lead was also stripped from sections of the roof, resulting in huge amounts of water damage. This, in turn, led to the castle falling into disrepair. Chillingham stayed empty and looking worse for wear until Sir Humphrey Wakefield bought the castle in 1982. The building was painstakingly restored, and in 1997 it was used as a filming location for the movie Elizabeth, featuring Kate Blanchett and Geoffrey Rush. Fiberglass fireplaces that were built by set designers still remain at the castle to this very day. Sections of the castle are now open to the public, as well as eight apartments which are available as holiday lets. Ghost hunters and paranormal groups are also welcome to Chillingham to take part in overnight vigils. Well, now that we're a little more familiar with Chillingham Castle's history, let's get our teeth into some of its ghost stories. First of all, we have to take into consideration the sheer amount of death and violence which has taken place, not only inside the castle, but also around its grounds. Because of its involvement in countless battles between the English and Scottish, as well as numerous torture victims forced to endure horrific cruelty, on top of this, pile on the natural deaths which have taken place, You end up with the perfect mix of ingredients, which seem to encapsulate Chillingham Castle's reputation as an extremely haunted building. We'll start off with the story of John Sage, who was a close confidant of King Edward as well as a gifted soldier who had risen to the rank of lieutenant. During one particular battle, Sage received a substantial injury to his leg, which in turn halted his career as a soldier of his beloved king. John Sage felt completely useless and begged King Edward to give him some sort of responsibility at Chillingham Castle. The King awarded him the position of Head Castle Torturer, a role which John Sage would take to the absolute extreme. John Sage hated the Scottish people and would go to the nth degree to exact horrific punishment to as many as possible. He even developed torture devices himself such as a boiling pot, eye gougers and a barrel which contained spikes, in which a prisoner would be tied into and rolled around until the flesh was literally scraped from their bodies. One of his other favourite methods was to attach a caged rat to the stomach of his victim. The only way the rat could escape the cage was to eat his way through the person, condemning them to a hugely painful death. Sage would torture and kill up to 50 people a week for the three years which he held on to the job. As the wars between England and Scotland came to an end, Chillingham Castle's torture chamber and prison were full of Scottish men, women and children. To get rid of the men and women, Sage built a huge bonfire and burned them all alive. Their children would have heard their horrific screams as well as smelled the burning flesh. But the children also needed dealing with, in case, as Sage feared, they grew older and then hunted him down to get revenge. So he took an axe to them all and hacked them to pieces. After an incident of sexual assault on his then-girlfriend Elizabeth, a powerful Scottish organisation called for the immediate execution of John Sage. King Edward had no choice but to order the execution, as he was penniless due to the constant wars... Sage was hung in the grounds of Chillingham Castle and the crowds who attended would make sure that he suffered just as much as the men, women and children who he'd tortured and murdered. The crowds would cut souvenirs from his body, such as his toes, fingers and even his nose. It's not known how long he survived as he was being mutilated. His ghost and spirit roam many parts of the castle. Visitors have witnessed the chandelier in the Edward Room swinging without it being moved, as well as foul smells and a dark, strange atmosphere that seems to envelope all who it descends upon. The full apparition of John Sage is often seen by both staff and visitors, and these same people have also heard footsteps and noises that sound like heavy items being dragged along the floor. A photograph also exists which was taken by a member of the public who was visiting the castle. In the great hall there is a tapestry which hangs on the back wall where there is also a number of chairs. In one of these chairs a figure can clearly be seen sat down. Is this the ghostly figure of John Sage? There are also cold spots and reports of disembodied voices and noises by the tapestry and witnesses have even reported figures moving around inside the Great Hall, only to find the room completely empty. Another very interesting character was Leonora Van Marter, who was an American heiress, who married Earl George Tankerville in 1895. Earl Tankerville was one of the last inhabitants of the castle before it began to fall into disrepair. Leonora's meeting and eventual marriage to the Earl seems to have been predicted by Leonora herself. The story goes that when she was staying in France, she had an extremely vivid dream that she was at Chillingham Castle, walking within the grounds. As she was enjoying the surroundings, she was joined by a man who told her that he needed to walk with her until his acquaintance George arrived. They continued to walk until George joined them and the first man then disappeared. Not only did Leonora go on to marry George and become Lady Tankerville, but she also identified the first mystery man from her dream. After seeing a photograph at Chillingham Castle, and pointing out to her husband that this was indeed the same man from her dream, she was informed that this person was in fact the Earl's brother who had died whilst in Afghanistan two years earlier. Lady Tankerville was a great believer in the spirit world and also felt that everyone had the ability to tap into this world and reap the benefits of what it could offer us. She also had many paranormal experiences herself at Chillingham Castle, all of which she wrote down and presented in a pamphlet. Some of these experiences included an encounter with a vision of an officer friend who had appeared before her. She later learned that her friend had passed away at the precise moment that he had made his appearance in front of her. She also witnessed what looked like an extremely tense moment in Tudor history, strangely frozen in time, right before her very eyes. Our next ghost seems to have been laid to rest by complete accident. The Blue Boy, or Radiant Boy, was a ghost which made the majority of its appearances in the Pink Room, Guests at the castle, as well as staff, had reported hearing cries from a young boy. After the cries faded away, a bright blue light would appear near the bed and sometimes the full apparition of a young boy dressed in blue, dating back to the 1600s, would also appear. The concentration of sightings and experiences in the Pink Room appeared to strike a huge element of truth when, in the 1920s, workmen were employed to cut a passageway through one of the walls from the tower into the rooms on the opposite side. The walls were 10 feet thick and during the work involved in breaking through the workmen were astounded and horrified to discover a cavity containing the skeletal remains of a young boy. There were also remnants of a blue fabric as well as evidence that the tips of the fingers had been worn down as if by scraping up the wall trying to get out. It was quite obvious that this boy, whoever he was, had been walled up whilst alive. There doesn't seem to be much known about the identity of the boy, and there also isn't any documented evidence regarding what crime or wrongdoing may have been committed to have called for such a terrifying punishment. The remains were fully excavated from the wall, and then given a traditional burial in a local churchyard. This is when the sightings and disturbances stopped. It was as if the burial had finally put his troubled spirit to rest. Or had it? On very rare occasions, sightings are still reported of a blue light illuminating sections of the courtyard and corridors inside the castle, all around the locations where the remains of the Blue Boy were discovered. Many of these sightings have been put down to faulty electrics, but the current owner, Sir Humphrey Wakefield, has pointed out on multiple occasions that there isn't any wiring in that area of the castle at all. The ghost of Lady Mary Berkeley is another tragic figure who still roams Chillingham Castle today. As with many haunted houses and locations that have a grey lady, Chillingham's is Mary. Her husband, Lord Grey of Walken Chillingham, left her for her sister Henrietta, and even stood trial in 1862 for this incident. It wasn't the first time that Lord Grey had deserted someone who he was supposed to have been faithful to. The Duke of Monmouth had mounted a campaign to take the crown from James I, and Lord Grey had backed him all the way, until things went wrong. It was then that Lord Grey decided to disappear for a while. Mary was scarred for life by his betrayal, but remained at Chillingham Castle with her daughter for the remainder of her life and, as if by a twisted turn of fate, she outlived both her husband and her sister. Her ghost roams both the castle and the grounds to this day, and there are a couple of telltale signs to look out for which could signal when she may be about to make an appearance. Firstly, an extremely cold atmosphere usually descends. ...followed by a distinct rustling noise of silk. This is the noise of Mary's dress moving as she paces the corridors of the castle. The cast and crew of TV's Most Haunted filmed an episode at Chillingham... ...and there were some genuinely amazing moments caught on camera. It was season one, episode two, in 2002... ...and almost as soon as the crew had set up all of their equipment... ...Chillingham began to respond... Before the cameras started to officially roll, Jason Carl, the show's parapsychologist at the time, had taken a walk around the castle with a number of gadgets, such as an EMF meter and a temperature sensor. He made notes of locations where activity could be more prone to happen, drawing conclusions from his results. Yvette was then taken on a brief tour by the actual owner, Sir Humphrey Wakefield, who talked about some of the ghosts, spirits and experiences that he'd had, but he made it clear on a number of occasions that his family and himself were more than comfortable with all of the paranormal activity which happens in his home. None of them had been frightened or disturbed. Yet. So, cameras begin to record and the cast and crew begin to make their way to their first location, When one of the camera operators suddenly felt extremely ill and lightheaded. Complaining that he felt he was going to pass out, he sat down and was given some water and time to regain his composure. He decided to leave the room, go outside, and take a breather. On another occasion, early in the investigation, The show's director also complained of being overcome with feelings of nausea and a pressure which she felt was pushing down on the top of her head. As she was sharing her experience with the rest of the cast and crew over a bite to eat, both Yvette and Jason Carl saw figures moving around outside the castle through the windows. With lighting equipment outside the castle illuminating the room which they were in, Jason Carl went outside to see if there was anyone around. ...followed by a cameraman, they both saw nothing. As if Chillingham was giving them a warning of things to come, this was just the beginning. The first of two further standout moments from the most haunted investigation came... ...when the cast and crew were making their way through the house... ...when a very audible, heavy breath was picked up on the microphones. This sent the team into a complete panic... ...and also caused a crew member to refuse to go any further until they calmed down. The second incident occurred when the show's producer, Carl... ...returned to a storage room by the torture chamber to embark on a second investigation. The first time he went near the room, he heard noises and sounds of movement. Making his way inside, he began to move the camera around and explore the space. Various clicking and tapping noises could be heard, but it was when a plastic tub with a bucket in it moved on its own that Carl decided that enough was enough, and quickly made his way out of the room. With so many alleged ghosts and spirits haunting Chillingham Castle, it's difficult to pin down which ones are responsible for which haunts. But what cannot be denied is that this is definitely a place with a very dark, violent and turbulent history. So what do we think about Chillingham? Home to a variety of ghosts or simply home to a collection of nothing but stories? Well, that's down to you to decide. Why not take time to visit Chillingham Castle and see it for yourself, but don't get too comfortable as you roam around its many rooms because the next person who may encounter one of its many paranormal inhabitants could be you. Well, we've come to the end of episode 9 of Pink Flamingo's Haunted UK podcast and with episode 10 just around the corner we're almost at the end of season 1. Don't forget that episode 10 is the listener stories and you still have time to get your stories in The cut-off date is the 2nd of October 2021. But please do continue to send in your stories after this date, as fingers crossed Season 2 will be coming up. Now for Season 2, there's probably going to be a few slight changes to the format and also some different content. Because let's face it, it's not just ghosts and haunted houses that can leave you with a haunted feeling in your mind. There are many other disturbing things that happen that can leave you haunted. Before I go, I'd just like to make the usual announcements. First off, thank you to all of you who've listened and if you've enjoyed the show, then please, wherever possible, leave a five-star review. This will help the show tremendously. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Secondly, I'd like to give a shout-out to the show's sponsor, CDS Print and Design. Thank you so much to Colin and Debbie. Thank you for your support. Thirdly, I'd like to give a shout-out to a few podcasts which, if you're struggling to find interesting material to listen to, these will definitely quench your thirst. Wherever you download your podcasts from, try searching for the following... Astonishing Legends, The Strange Sessions, Haunted Housewives, The Mystery of Life podcast, The Salty Speculation podcast, Killing, Missing, Hidden, The Pineapple Pizza podcast, podcasts from Fallen Scholar Productions, Keep It Weird, and my new favourite, Red Handed. And also from the Parcast Network, who are now exclusively only on Spotify. Unexplained Mysteries, Conspiracy Theories, Gone, and Extraterrestrial. Next, if you've had an experience or sighting at Chillingham Castle, or for that matter anywhere in the world, then please email the show at hauntedukpodcast at hotmail.com. That's hauntedukpodcast at hotmail.com with full details of your encounter, and I will try my best to read out as many listener stories as possible in dedicated listener episodes. I would genuinely love to hear from you, so please get in touch. Last of all, if you have a podcast that you need mixing, or if you need original music writing for your podcast, then please get in touch via email to pinkflamingo.musicproductions at hotmail.com. That's pinkflamingo.com. Music productions at hotmail.com. This podcast was recorded at Pink Flamingo Music Production Studio in Halesowen in the West Midlands, England. For a full list of research sources that helped immensely with the content of this episode, please refer to the show's notes. Thank you all so much again for listening, and we'll be back very soon with our tenth and final episode of Season 1. Until then, stay safe and take care.